0: This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our
1: Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the Mayor.
0: Yo, 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 it's ODB from OLP. Thanks for coming back. Episode 314, we're super excited for this one. Before we get into it, we want to remind everyone that in just one week, it's going to be Bayou Showdown. They are under the umbrella of Custom Car Show Productions. If you get a chance, hit up Slidell, Louisiana. I'll try to get with Sean Randall a little bit later in this episode to talk a little bit about the show, and if you... If you know, it's a great show in Slidell. I know Mike goes every year, and it's going to be awesome. Their next event is going to be Orange Beach Invasion. That's, of course, Orange Beach, Alabama. We've been posting about that. That's going to be next March. And then, of course, their flagship event, Scraping the Coast, 21st Annual Biloxi, Mississippi, next June. we got to give it up to Custom Car Show Productions. We appreciate all the support. And, again, thank you to Greg Miller and team rest in peace Greg and congrats for the mini truck hall of fame induction for 2022. So this episode is I want to say jam packed, but I have worked very very hard and others have 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 campaigned for this, right? That's a good word I think for this week. They've campaigned to have Brian Gendro sit down with OLP. We're so excited that he does uh for this episode. Brian's time is very tight I don't want to give anything away but we do get in the key questions that we wanted to ask and we're certainly thankful I really hope that we could sit down with Brian again in the near future to talk more about the chop shop universe if you will I mean I think he his tentacles extend to so many builds I mean it is just sometimes unreal I'll post something Brian will chime in and I'm like man I Didn't even think about that. Or, wow, that's right. You were involved in that van. That's right. Damn, damn, damn. So it is literally mind-blowing. And uh, we can't thank Brian Gendro enough. The legend. Really needs no introduction. But for the younger kinfolk out there, just a, a couple of bullet points. Number one, he's got the first NC truck on the cover of Mini Trucking Magazine. So you think about Negative Camber this year along with My Severed Brother's Celebrating 30 years, ST, NC, and then, of course, even RA, they had some of the most amazing runs of feature and cover vehicles ever with Mini Truck and Magazine. But Gendro, again, kicks off that NC um, start, if you will, with having the first cover truck. So we'll talk about that. Uh, he also is v- very much credited, and if you watch, this is a huge shout out to the West Coast Influence. You could pick up that DVD or Blu-ray. We've talked about that all the time. We'll talk about it later on where you can snag it. But if you buy the West Coast Influence, you'll see the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Gendro talking on it. And he tells some of the similar stories, but he's very much credited with putting the airbag on a mini truck, right? So I think, you know, there's maybe some other stories out there we don't know, but at the at the end of the day, I think we all agree that Brian was the one that said, Hey, (laughs) screw these air shocks check out this airbag. I just talked to this guy. Let's, let's see if it's going to work. And boom, you know, it kicks off that entire, uh, process of bagging vehicles and, and, you know, now we can make them go lower. We can easily adjust them, all that stuff. So there's that. But then if you look at a lot of other vehicles, I mean, arguably some of the first, uh, full size trucks that, that were laid out flat, uh, you know, tuck lugs, um, uh, you know, too low taco, you know, brand new trucks, the ombre that he built, um, you know, so, so so much. But again, don't want to give away, I know, Biggity Mike the Mayor, when he was around, he used to always say, don't give away too, too much. And obviously, that's what I'm doing here. But I just want for the young kinfolk out there to know, Brian is straight legend in this scene of ours, and we want to tip the cap to him with this episode. So for the amount of time that he provides to us, we certainly cannot thank him enough. So Brian Gendro, much respect, much love. I know Mike Collins campaigned for this. They're very good friends. Uh, even going back over a year, Josh Ellis, the big homie, uh, you know, and others have said, yo, they've touched base with Brian. They've said, hey, OLPs, good people, uh, You know, c- come on. And again, for anybody that ever said, hey, Gendro, let's do it, appreciate that. Episode 314, the overview, is brought to you by Hammered Weekend Wear. They just concluded their recent pre-sale, as I mentioned, last week. However, if you visit H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com, that's hammeredweekendwear.com, you can pick up um, any of the additional numbers that they kind of add to their counts. So if you want to get that crew cab, old score, I I think I was saying swing line. Was I saying swing line? Uh, I'm thinking office space, right? So any office space fans out there, you know. Don't mess with the swing line stapler, but I think it's a swept line. I don't know if I said that wrong before. I do make mistakes. Uh, they have the Crew Cab swept line, and then they also have the Crew Cab Ford full-size. Both killer, whether it's uh, something you're looking to maybe get as a holiday gift or whatnot. Now, of course, keep in mind that it's a pre-sale, so I don't know what their anticipation is for um, to ship before the holidays. I would assume so, but uh, you can imagine they're busy. Uh, hit up H-A-M-M-E-R-D, com. Okay, so with that being said, I do need to kind of go through this information and get through my segment a little quicker. I know I sometimes say that, then it's like 40 minutes, so we'll see how quick I can get through this without rattling stuff off too fast. I'm going to move the last episode recap up. I think sometimes it falls too far into the episode. So the last episode recap we do this because if you're a new listener, we want you to know the recent heat that we dropped. And what I'll say is we got to thank everyone that took time last week, boots on the ground at SEMA. And it was a lot of fun to talk with those guys that were literally there at the show participating and or show going. We also got to thank Jamie Smith. So, You go, yo, ODB, you threw together this crazy, awesome episode, all these different people. You also got with Jamie Smith, Negative Camber from Australia, to talk about ECC, the compound, East Coast Cruise, the compound. And we reminded people, uh, tap on that hashtag on Instagram, ECC, the compound, and hit follow. We've asked all of our um, Australian homies and sisters down there to please hashtag their photos from that event. That way, if you follow that hashtag, you can kind of see, and I tell you what, we've said this before, Australia goes hard in the paint when it comes to mini trucks, so much respect to them. So again, you know, it wasn't easy to, to, to pull together all these guests, try to get them on the phone, talk a few minutes, record, edit, stitch together, but it's fun. And it was almost a little bit easier in my book to be sitting here at home and being able to kind of orchestrate everything. That's another reason why I started the podcast, of course, along with Mike, because we want to showcase different people and stories and trucks, even when we can't make these events. So I think what everyone will agree is we always go as hard as we can in the paint. You guys know I do for sure. Now, Mike, he might be out snoozing and gallivanting, but you know, in all seriousness, it's really about getting those stories out. And I tell you what, last week was busy. Sometimes I'm scratching my head going, why am I doing all this? And, you know, the messages that we get and people saying, yo, I listen every week, every Friday, I wake up, boom, boom, boom. Truly, it means a lot, okay? We may not get the listeners like a Joe Rogan or a Ronnie from Truck Talk Media, you know, with all due respect, all these different guys. Mini trucking is a very small subset, I think, a genre of the overall hot rod and car industry. But it's not going to stop us, right? Right. If you guys keep listening and you keep giving us the good feedback and leaving us the five-star ratings and watching us on YouTube, that's what means the most to us. Last episode recap brought to you by Lone Star Throwdown, arguably the biggest, baddest truck show in the country. I say in the universe, it's lonestarthrowdown.com. You're scratching your head going, yo, Jay, they sold out of the registrations. Yeah, they did, but you can still gallivant out to Conroe, Texas next February. Uh, in February, join us, Conroe, Texas. You'd have to be sleeping under a rock not to know about Lone Star. Uh, LST 2023 will be that key hashtag that many of us will use. Some will choose to, to spell out Lone Star Throwdown 2023. That's a little long for our books, but LST 2023, start to curate those posts for Lone Star Throwdown. And again, please come out. Lots of vendors, lots of food trucks, lots of badassery in Conroe next February. Rain, snow, sleet, hail, it don't matter. It's going down. All right, the general updates. The only one I got is Eminem, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Literally, this past weekend, he was inducted in. There's a lot of um, videos that were popping up from people that were at the events, and uh, some of the news broke about all of the hip-hop guys he thanked. I'm excited to watch it. I think it's going to be on. I want to say Showtime has the contract to to air that. It's Showtime or HBO, but I'll be watching that. And it was a pretty cool event. And I've seen people write about man, like what an awesome, you know, concert, if you will, that it was with M performing so many songs, or others, including Dolly Parton, that performed. But you know, Eminem having Steven Tyler come out and just ins- insanity of uh, of a set that he did. But it reinforces to a lot of the fans, like, man, like, really wish you would go on and tour more. So we'll have to kind of see. I know the world's a little bit different than it was years ago. But I think getting back to the normal sea of concerts and all that stuff, I'd love to see him get out there and tour more. But if you're an M fan or just a hip-hop fan in general, again, I highly encourage it's coming up soon, I think mid-November. I think they're going to turn it around quick, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame That, again, airs on one of those premium HBO Showtime deals, and I'm certainly looking forward to seeing it. Uh, It was crazy the amount of people he thanked. And, you know, you you just look at someone, he gets a lot of hate, especially from some of these different guys, some of these clowns, I call them. And, um, you know, he still thanked, you know, some of the groups that some of these clowns are in um, because, you know, he realizes that he wouldn't be where he's at without... All of these legends and people that inspired him, even in the 80s. So tip of the cap, Eminem. And then ironically enough, I'm recording this on the 9th, but on the 8th was the 20th anniversary of the 8 Mile soundtrack. Or, Well, excuse me, the 8 Mile soundtrack anniversary was a week or so ago. And then the 8th was the 20th anniversary of the movie 8 Mile coming out in theater. So that's pretty cool. They've been re-releasing some of the older albums with extra stuff, some instrumentals, you know uh, the eight mile original I think it was lose yourself track uh, that was also recently released, although it came out on the shady fifteenth anniversary double disc deal um I say all that because if you haven't heard that track you know the the uh, the demo they call it. Uh, it sounds so much different than what the original or what, what what the original track that was released, you know, sounds like. So it's always interesting to me to go back and listen to that stuff, and and kind of say, man, what if you know, what if the song never came out this way? What if it came out that way? And it's like, eh, it wouldn't have been as good, in my opinion. So, anyways, that's the only general update that I have. Uh, the uh, general updates brought to you by Joey at Get Decked. Um, many of you are thinking, hey, for the holidays, what am I going to get my significant other, loved one, maybe even child? Uh, If you go on Instagram and type in get decked, you'll see get underscore decked V-A. Joey Dilworth, hit him up. It goes down in the DM. And the cool thing about Joey is whether you're a show promoter or you're an enthusiast, he could take a photo or artwork and put it on a skate deck. So if you think about those man caves, those woe man caves, those garages, those little areas where you kind of go out and retreat to a little bit of serenity, uh, you can hang up a skate deck with artwork or a photo that means a lot to you. Uh, whether it's for a loved one or, like I said, a child, hit up Joey at Get Decked. Quick turnaround times, and he does minimum of one. If you're a show promoter, we highly suggest you get with Joey. Let him traffic some of those to you if he can because i tell you what, it's a great addition to your merch lineup for your show, Joey at Get Decked. All right, next we got trivia and... Last week, Dizzy did update the Airhead Nation group, so I asked a question about what was the first album and the last album that Tupac released during his lifetime, and it's crazy if you think about it. Um, you had Tupacalypse Now, and then if you think about how much he grew you know, with Strictly for My Homies that came out, and then you had Me Against the World, which is arguably one of my favorite Pac albums, and then you had All Eyes on Me. So the answer was Tupacalypse Now, his first his double disc, All Eyes on Me. Now, after he passed away, of course, Suge and Death Row and his mother, uh, Amaru, and, and that you know uh, label, they basically put out the Machiavelli album that came out. We just celebrated the anniversary of that 26 years ago in 96. Uh, arguably, to me, kind of put him to the, the next level. You know, All Eyes on Me was great, but Machiavelli comes out, and, and that's an album you can still listen to today, and it's just timeless beginning to end, and um, just really cool. So that was the answer to last week. Now the trivia this week. Now it's time to get serious. A little bit in depth. I think I'm maybe going a little bit too far here, but I'm going to throw it out because you guys do like the trivia. So I'm going to ask this question for you guys, and maybe Dizzy will give us an update in the Airhead Nation. I certainly appreciate him taking time to do that. And I get to give a shout-out. If you look at Eastbound Get Down, if you look at their Instagram and their social media, what's pretty cool is Dizzy is helping to put together those graphics. So if you want to promote your show and maybe you just don't want to share the regular flyer, I tell you what, in this social media day and age, you want to stand out. You can hit up Dizzy, Don Dizzy Davis on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Send him a direct message. He's got affordable rates and he can help you. He can throw together some things and he can help you post it. Or he can just put together the little uh, graphics, if you will, and then you can post it to your social media. But I tell you what, we got to even step our game up at OLP, and I'll be relying upon Dizzy to help us. Uh, He's done a lot of great stuff for Hammered Weekend Wear and whatnot. So, again, I just want to thank him for taking the time to do the graphic last week in the Airhead Nation group. So check this out. This one ties into the holidays, a Christmas story no, let me say this again. A Christmas Story Christmas, okay? That is a new movie if you have not heard, okay? I don't know how much buzz, because I don't go online as much. I don't know how much buzz there's been about this, but A Christmas Story Christmas is a new film that comes out on November 17, 2022, right? So next week. A Christmas Story originally released... On November 18th, 1983. So 39 years ago. Almost to the day. Okay. Now for those scoring at home. A Christmas Story 2. Okay this is going to get confusing. It came out on October 30th, 2012. I didn't really spend a lot of time watching that one. It kind of was just like one of those sequels that came out. And I don't know. Was it that great? I don't know. So the, the trivia question I have is a couple parts. So I know... There's fans out there that love a Christmas story, right? Many of us do. Many of us grew up watching it. The cool thing is, so just to recap the the movies, although the sequel came out in 2012, we kind of go, eh. The new movie that's coming out next week, which is going to be, I think, on HBO, I want to say, it follows the now adult Ralphie as he returns to the house on Cleveland Street to give his kids a magical Christmas like the one he had as a child, reconnecting with childhood friends and reconciling the passing of his old man. Of course, this is uh, quoted right from the IMDb. So, here's the trivia for this week. What state did the movie take place in, and In what city was it filmed? Okay, so the original movie, A Christmas Story, what state did the movie take place in and what city was it filmed now here's a bonus for you if you know the fictional town hey bonus points there okay that's a little tougher to rattle off but again the movie uh, is set in one particular state but it was of course filmed in a different state okay now uh, the, the second part to this is what did Ralphie want for Christmas in part two So what did Ralphie want for Christmas in part two? And that was, it ties into a car. So, you know, hey, this is for fun, right? I know there's there's a couple different facets there. The main thing I wanted to reinforce here is, again, the holidays are coming, and A Christmas Story is a classic movie from almost 40 years ago. And although a sequel came out, I have a funny feeling this new one called A Christmas Story Christmas, it's going to be possibly epic. We'll have to wait and see. I got my fingers crossed. The trivia this week is brought to you by AccuAir. Visit AccuAir.com for the best in air management. Whether you're looking for plug-and-play applications or you're looking to upgrade your existing old-school VU4 with the original ECU, and you want to go with the ECU+, Plus, which is plug-and-play, you can then control your system right from your phone, Android, or iPhone. Uh, Hit up AccuAir.com. And again, they also sell merchandise, shirts, air fresheners, you name it, accuair.com. Okay, uh, the scene updates, I didn't save a lot this week. I do know that laying at the lake is this weekend. So from a scene update perspective, I really wanted to reinforce what they're doing. I think this is a fantastic event. It's also on our digital show calendar. So I highly suggest um, if you are out there in that area, uh, please check it out. Laying at the Lake, of course, is the Salmon Lake Park Grapevine, Texas. Uh, they're on Instagram. They're on their main website. We've had them on in the past. And like I said, please hit them up if you can. Get out to that event. They're good people. I saw Penn was out at the Freaks of Nature seeing a kickoff party. He said he didn't take a lot of photos, but um, for the Mini and Hall of Fame was awesome seeing K-Daddy, uh, Kyle Gann, of course, and uh, Ghetto Ryan, of course, uh, inducted him in. I watched the live stream of that, which was brought to you by the West Coast Influence, and it was really cool to see that go down. So, Pin, I hope you had a great time out there, homie. And I know we still got a link up. Let's get you on the podcast. Ruben was out there with Israel Garcia, and I thought that was cool. He was one of the guys representing new minis, Envious Minis, all of those guys in that kind of lifestyle area, my understanding, that SEMA did this year. So pretty cool to see that. And, again, we'll talk more about Mini truck-era magazine in the near future. Uh, There's a lot of chatter about Mini Nats, but Daniel Harvey and Tara, so Daniel and Tara Harvey, they had mentioned you, uh, you can't win the Driven Award if you parked inside the fence at 29th Annual Southeast Mini Truck and Nats. We started that for this very reason, so keep your panties on and show up and have a good time and support a real great show and enjoy a town that actually embraces what you do. Again, my feedback is, Don't get upset if you don't make it into the show. I totally understand uh, everyone's feelings, but still come to Maggie Valley next year in April. Hang out. Park at the hotels. Cruise down the strip in Yo Six Foe or wherever you have. Believe me, you're going to have just as good a time. Speaking of that, Paul Davis, we recently had him on. He's been accepted, he says to many Nats. And I tell you what, the burb is the word. He's got the black bourbon OBS on the rise. And uh, love seeing it, so I uh, can't wait to link up again, homie. and appreciate all the encouraging uh, messages, man. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to keep it on the real deal. Those were the only scene updates that I have for this week. I want to thank Garage Gear Clothing. If you think about brands in our scene, there's not many that offer this. Free shipping. So with the holidays coming and some of their new recent restocks and their new release, hit up garagegearclothing.com. Again, you will not pay shipping in the U.S., I'm sure they have affordable rates outside the U.S. as well for all of our Australian fam and the folks in Japan and wherever you're tuning into this, including Germany. So shout out to y'all over there. We know you're listening. So uh, check it out. They got the Garage Girl. They got the Kids Unlock in terms of merch. And then they have Square Body Crew Cab. Killer stuff, garagegirlclothing.com. All right, the key show update. So I know Dino's is getting, um, getting down. Uh, they're going to get down at Dino, so for anybody going to Dino's, get down, have fun. I know that's a cool event. I believe it's free, and then um, there is a fee for the folks that want to vend, which I think is cool. I did add Turkey Drag uh, to our calendar, so again, I'm constantly reminded that there are shows. Maybe the show promoter hasn't hit us up, or it's just not in our line of sight, but Turkey Drag was added. That's December 2nd through the 4th. That's now on the digital OLP show calendar. Now here's the thing. The digital OLP show calendar, if you go on our website rlifestylepodcast.com on the left, you can select OLP digital show calendar and you can tap, once you get to that page, tap where it says here and that should pop up and say, do you want to subscribe? It works flawless for iPhone because I use iCal for it. Uh, for Sometimes for Android, it doesn't let you subscribe for whatever reason. I don't know if that's Apple being an A uh, SS, but what I would say is if you do need a, link, a direct link to subscribe to the calendar, you can message me on Messenger. I'll do my best to get back to you or email us, podcast at gmail.com, and I'll send you the direct link. Once you have the direct link, you can subscribe. This is where we're going to put all of the show dates. I've been trying to spend a little bit of time and add dates for 2023. That way, if you're trying to pick vacations or plan long weekends away, you can easily look in there versus having to go into Facebook and like look for each event. So Turkey Drag was added. I also added Showdown in the Valley, which is going to be October 2023. So we'll talk more about that show later on into next year. The Key Show updates brought to you by the West Coast Influence. Again, go to minitruckfilm.com. You can order the Blu-ray or DVD. Much love and respect to Radar for what he put together. And again, I do continue to hear people say, man, I finally got it. Dude, it was awesome, man. And then you add it to your collection of what you've got. Again, Blu-ray DVD. They also have some custom Hot Wheels out there, so you can pick one of those up. Great stocking stuffers for the holidays, minitruckfilm.com. Next, we got the podcast updates. Really, the only thing I would ask is if you're listening to this on an app, please, 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 if you can, leave us a rating, five-star rating. Uh, Many of you are listening now on Spotify, Pandora, of course, Apple Podcasts. Most of the podcast apps do have a method to give a thumbs up or something. Uh, Please do that. If you are listening on YouTube, please continue to listen there. That helps us get our YouTube minutes up. I was mistaken. I said we had 800 minutes left. It's actually 800. (laughs) This sounds crazy. 800 hours. So I keep forgetting to monetize on YouTube, you have to get to 4,000 hours watched. And we're at like just under 3,200. So I was just talking to Ed Eister recently, and he's like, yo, man, I'm doubling down, man. I'm streaming all day, all night. I got unlimited data, man. I'm doing it. And I said, hey, thanks, man. And I kept saying 800 minutes. (laughs) But again, we had to get to 4,000 hours watched. So again, we're close. We're 3,200-ish. If you're on YouTube, keep streaming. If you're like, yo, I want to help the cause, pull up your browser at home. Go on our YouTube channel. Go to one of our playlists of mini trucking magazines and hit play, and we'll just play them back-to-back. Hey, (laughs) we got to get to 4,000 somehow. The podcast updates this week brought to you by Graphics Mafia. Go to G-R-A-P-H-I-X-Mafia.com. Hit them up if you need stickers. Maybe you want to reproduce an old sticker. Maybe you need some stickers going into the new year for your truck club. Graphics Mafia, they'll take care of you. All right, and lastly, we have the Airhead Nation updates. Of course, I always try to save these, and there's a couple of them. I do believe our big homie Johnny Garage Johnson. I want to say I think he's lost his dog at this point, and um, you know the, the 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 dog was ill, and the dog has went over the rainbow. So we want to say rest in peace to his pup. Uh, many of you are animal lovers. I know we are in our house, and uh, I know it's not easy. So uh, counter blessings around the holidays, and uh, rest in peace to the puppy. Sean Rose gave a quick update on a few things and what they will uh, have going on in 2023. So follow Sean Rose, David Magotti, both of these guys. They were the 2021 OLP Contributors of the Year, and they're doing great things. Uh, Love what they're doing. Keep doing it. Uh, Cisco had mentioned Becky Lovejoy, and I can't thank Ryan Benedict, the big homie, and Candace Benedict for taking some photos out there uh, for their engagement photos. So congrats to cisco lopez one of the big homies ryan benedict you know and 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 candace as well they they take great photos uh they've got instagram pages and they're just you know they do a lot of stuff whether it's the scene or family stuff like that i love it um also i did see neil brown he made it to 36 the big homie big supporter of olp we got to get neil on maybe get neil on uh just to chat about trucks he's got a lot of cool stuff And uh, he's always representing there at Neil Brown Furniture Company out in Texas. Sherman, Texas, I think it is. And I tell you what, he builds some cool stuff, but he's a hustler, man. Every day he's out there, every day he's hustling. You see what I'm saying? He's out there every day doing the damn thing. Ron Perkins says, I have had my heart broken three times in my life. And he mentioned that his dad passed away November 5th, 2016. Rest in peace, Pops. I know how it feels, Ron. Keep your head up, brother. Uh, the last two I wanted to throw out there, uh, Lauren said that they, um, you know, of course, Lauren Miller, Benz, B E N T Z, they were out there for the Mini Truck Hall of Fame to accept on behalf of Scraping the Coast, but uh, they said that they were having a blast. Her ankles were hurting on day two, which I know it's a lot of walking, but I hope that they had a great time out at SEMA. Good people. Lastly, uh, Brad Chrisman. Happy ninth anniversary to the best wife a man can have. I love you from the moon and back, he says, basically. So big ups to Brad. We recently had him on. Good dudes out there representing the scene. Congratulations. With that being said, if we get some audio from Sean Randall, I'll run that next to talk about Bayou Showdown. Again, a week away, the weekend before Thanksgiving in Slidell, Louisiana. We would highly suggest, if you guys can, get out there to the event. They're good people. There's low riders. There's minis, there's full sizes, there's lifted trucks, there's a little bit of everything. In addition to that, depending on if we link up with Sean, if not, we'll roll into Brian Gendro, the legend, the OG. Shout out to Brian. Thank you so much for taking the time. Lastly, I almost forgot to mention this. This Friday, the 11th, is Veterans Day, and we can't thank our veterans of the U.S. military enough for all that they do. Now, you guys know me, a history buff. If you go on VA.gov, there's a whole write-up on there, the history of Veterans Day. And it's a lot to kind of read through, but it's worth taking the time just to kind of understand it. Uh, it goes all the way back to World War One, known at the time as the Great War. And it ties in uh, to November 11th, 1918, which I think is a big thing uh, for the history of it. In uh, November 1919, President Wilson proclaimed November 11th as the first commemoration of Armistice Day. It goes on to kind of talk about the first Veterans Day under the new law was observed with much confusion on October 25th, 1971. And it went on to kind of end with the last paragraph to say Veterans Day continues to be observed on November 11th, regardless of what day of the week it falls on. The restoration of the observance of Veterans Day to November 11th not only preserves the historical significance of the date, but helps focus attention on the important purposes or purpose of Veterans Day. So va.gov for more. All I could say is this for anybody that has taken um, their time and served in the U S military. This also includes in my book, in many ways um, you know, first responders and things like that. You know, a lot of people, just give their time back to public service and uh, there's no greater thing than giving the time to your country in my opinion. So salute to all of you. If you're off work that day, pay respect. If you can, shake a hand of a veteran. I know Sean from RadVMX and so many of our listeners and past guests were part of the U.S. military. So salute to you guys on Veterans Day. With that being said, we're going to roll into our final audio of this episode. Please like or subscribe to this podcast OLP. We appreciate you. Stay on the rise. We got you. Peace. Yo, so as I mentioned, we're getting ready to roll in just in a few minutes to Brian Gendro, the legend. But we do want to link up, like I said, with the big homie, Sean Randall, Custom Car Show Productions under that kind of that, that umbrella. And Sean, just want to ask you, how you doing?
1: Good, man. Good. Doing real good.
0: Yeah, I'm glad to hear it, man. It's it's that time of year. My born day is in November, and November's a great month, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, it is. Great weather, great uh great everything. Great. I didn't I didn't know that was your birthday, but uh yeah, that even makes it better.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, it does. And one of the shows that has continued to be on the rise and we've seen very good numbers, we've seen a good mix of vehicles is Bayou Showdown. And it's in Slidell, Louisiana. So kind of give us the maybe the elevator pitch on some of the key things that people may need to know as we get this close to a big show like this.
1: So, uh, yeah, we're getting ready for it. It's next week. Uh, Load-in day will be next uh, Friday. Um, so I'll be there early that morning. Uh, well, I say early that morning, probably about 11 or 12 o'clock. But we're going to be loading in from 12 to 5 uh, next Friday for all the inside cars and stuff like that. Um, and all my guys, be getting fence put up around the around the place and uh, whatnot. Um, then Saturday, of course, is the show day. Saturday and Sunday is the show days from eight to five. We've got uh, cornhole tournaments uh, going on, and, and uh, one of the winners will, will take home the cornhole bowl, boards, and they are really badass. They uh, if you if you all hadn't seen them yet, you know, go uh, go on buy you showdowns web uh, page for the Facebook page and uh, check them out. Whoever wins, uh, wins the tournament takes them home with them. Um, we've got a king cake eating contest. Uh, I believe we're going to do a club t- tug of war this year. Um, we usually got a lot of big clubs that come in there, Aftermath, uh, Negative Camber, uh, Some of the acrophobia. So we, we always got a good, uh, good variety of clubs that come in. Uh, uh, Freaks of Nature is a real big one that comes in every year and supports. Um, so we're probably going to do like a tug of war for them as well. Um, all kind of cool stuff. We got uh, Blind Tiger is going to have have a uh, after party uh, Saturday night at Blind Tiger, which is right down the road. Um, uh, they they got a big bar area and everything outside, all kind of stuff. We're gonna we're gonna uh do it up there, so uh, it's gonna be a good time, man.
0: Dude, we love hearing it. And if you go on Facebook to Sean's Point and type in Bayou Showdown two words, it's presented by Amplified Designs and DS eighteen. And I know mm-hmm. there was a little confusion. Some people would search by you showdown, and you know they'll they'll be met with that this event as canceled. That was just like a little Facebook snafu. What they need to look for is the event. Keep me honest. That is the nineteenth and twentieth. That event, and they'll see it right there as a Facebook event slash page.
1: Yeah, that, that's it. the The other one had a uh, somebody had hacked into it, and uh, on the account or whatever, and messed it up or whatnot so we had to redo it and make another one so uh that's why there's a confusion there a lot of people thought that it got canceled but it's it's uh it's still going strong and we don't have any plans to cancel or anything anytime soon so we, we want to keep it rolling every year uh we've 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 had some really good years and, and had a great uh great turnouts every year uh we're, we're blessed to have you know a great community and, and uh seeing that comes out and supports us we of course we got a variety of different stuff you know I, I, i've got a uh, a decent lowrider following um so we have a bunch of lowriders that uh, that show up and then you know of course all the bag trucks and, and we get some lifted stuff too uh not as much as some of the other shows down here in the south but we do get uh, some of the lifted stuff but uh, but yes yeah, a good variety of different stuff we accept them all of course you know
0: oh yeah no discrimination at bayou showdown the other thing that has been a trend in the scene, right, especially with some of these shows throughout the country, is the pre-registration and things get cut off and whatnot. What I've noticed on the Facebook page for Bayou Showdown is there is day of show registration. So inside, keep me honest, one twenty-five; outside, sixty bucks, and that does allow someone that maybe be able to that that can potentially come kind of last minute to be able to still get in, right?
1: Correct. Yes, we uh, so inside is sold out. However, uh, we've got like a little waiting list too, but uh, however, if you show up and there's room, if somebody don't show up or whatever, sometimes that happens uh, and we got room, we'll still put somebody inside as well. But uh, registration closes this Friday. Uh, uh, so it's about to close up and, and basically the day that this airs, it'll be closing. Um, so you'll still have uh, basically this day to, to, uh, to register and then online for pre-registration, and then they've shut down, and then uh, the rest of it you can do at the show. Um, You can come in Friday evening uh, and register if you get there early. We'll be there, like I say, from 12 to 5. Uh, So we will take registrations on on Friday, uh, uh, the week of the show, which is the 18th, and then uh, the 19th and the 20th, you can register both days as well. Uh, But like I say, inside sold out as of now.
0: Yep, got it. And again, that is a huge Win for showgoers and show participants because a lot of these shows are getting tougher to get in, and I've heard folks say in this mini truck scene that they want to be able to go to a show. Like maybe they're maybe they can't get work off to the last minute. They're like, "Well, I want to go," and with some shows, it's like, "Boom, you're locked out." Right? I mean, you can come out as a as a showgoer, but that that's a huge. I wanted everyone to know that's a huge win. So if you if you've got the opportunity and you're in the Slidell, Louisiana vicinity and you want to gallivant over, you can do that. Uh, it's, it's going to be basically next weekend. Um, how good yeah. does it feel, like you said, the mix of vehicles with some lifted, some lowered, the full sizes, of course, the minis? It's got to be a good feeling, Sean, that you kind of you guys had the flag in the ground in that city, um, and you've done a good job to kind of curate and bring all these people together. It's got to be a good feeling knowing that things are going well, even – as maybe the economy gets a little tougher and stuff there's still that 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 strong community of car enthusiasts,
1: yeah definitely you know like i say uh we get we get a good variety of each one of them and uh you know they come out every year in support um you know we we uh we got bikes some of the you know some really cool bikes uh, some harleys and stuff to show up some some years uh too last year they had i think we had uh i forget how many it was, but really nice bikes that uh show up uh this year there's supposed to be one coming out of uh san antonio texas i think is where it's at it's a low rider bike it won best low rider of the year a couple of years ago or something like that uh i haven't seen i've seen pictures of it but i haven't seen it in person but it's supposed to be killer uh he's supposed to make uh make the trip over um but yeah it's really cool you know especially like you said with this economy and fuel cost and everything else up like it is uh everybody's still supporting you know that's 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 a good thing we, we try to get out and support all the shows that we can as well um, so, you know, that's, that's, part of it. We, 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 we love this scene and we want to keep it going.
0: Yeah, I agree. And there's kind of a rich history of shows, you know, going back many, many years in that region. Talk to us a little bit about the, uh, couple of folks that you work with and there's one key guy for the awards. And then there's another guy that, that, that has been a, just a great ambassador, kind of going to a lot of shows in that region too. talk to us about how some of the awards are starting to come together for you
1: so this year we uh we got daniel smith uh with Smithworks to do our awards he's done them in the past for us and uh they are turning out really really good i'm, I'm really uh, happy with them the quality of work he does is you know just hands down some of the some of the best work that uh that we've gotten for our stuff and then uh another another one is actually doing the low award is a good friend of mine robert simmons uh him and i go back you know 30 plus years uh from BMX bikes and all that goes in lowriders and mini trucks from back in the day. So I've known him forever. Uh, he's a custom painter as well. Um, and he's doing our best lowrider award. It's going to be done next week. And I can't wait to see that cause I know it's going to be killer. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, we, we got, uh, we also have, uh, Josh Welch, which Welch's chop shop is doing all of our top 75 awards. Nice. Um, he always does a, a real good job for us and we use him every year um and of course you know like i say all the the ones that daniel's doing is uh custom model custom painted awards and uh they you know we we put out a good bit of money every year on awards uh but but you know it's it's worth it to us to to some of the rides that come in there you know what i'm saying we we like to we like to see who's who's got who's got what it takes to take home the, the the awards that we put out there for them so
0: yeah, a lot of good names. And like you said, even with Welch's Chop Shop doing, you know, he can kind of get all of those for show promoters out there if you're doing a top 50, top 100, top 75. Mm-hmm. And then my understanding was I did see uh, Doug Johnson had posted something, right, from Creative yes, creative House. That was kind of cool to see. Those kind of acrylic type deals, right?
1: Yes, he's doing, uh, he does all of our audio awards. Uh, forgive me doug i forgot all about you buddy i'm sorry uh doug does our audio awards and then uh he does some other stuff for us too and anybody that knows doug knows the uh quality he puts out and uh yeah he's uh he does everything um like i say all of our uh audio awards we have a big audio turnout also uh like i think last year was ninety ninety eight. 98 i think entries just on audio is what we had um so we got a place in the back uh where we do all the audio. We did have them over on the side, but the police, the people around us was complaining about all of it. So we put it on the (laughs) backside to try to drown some of it out with the building. But yeah, Dougie Dougie takes care of us every year and and does some really nice stuff for us as well.
0: Yeah, very cool. I mean, you know, all the names you mentioned, good people, they do a lot of awards in the scene. So if you're a show Mm -hmm. promoter out there, take heed, you know, creative with with the number eight, Uh, Daniel Smith, uh, Welch's, and then of course Robert Simmons, him and Roxy, mm-hmm. they they attend a lot of shows in that region. I know they were at Mike's they Eastbound do. Get Down. Good good family people right there. Yeah,
1: they are they're awesome people. They are. We're uh, we matter of fact, Robert and I was talking last night. Uh, we're going to be coming back down to uh, Mike's show down there, of course, and, and that's what we was talking about last night, getting stuff lined up to uh, come down there. He's actually uh, he's doing a skate deck or something for for. Uh, charity for that for that show as well, I believe. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we're, we'll be uh, we'll be definitely coming back down to Daytona for that show. Uh, what's that? February, I believe it is, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's it's like kind of January. I think he had to move it one week. January, okay, okay. But yeah. I, I told Mike we're not going to talk about a show anymore. Die, <laughs> <laughs> nah, giving him a hard time. But um, yeah, but, no, it's cool. When you think about like you know you being kind of the the face of this one obviously in conjunction kind of with Custom Car Show Productions and, and Lauren and, mm-hmm. and Tammy and the great folks there. When when yep. you when it kinda of winds down, right? I mean obviously you're getting ready to ramp up for the show. When it winds down Sunday evening going into Monday, what do you look back on by you showdown? I mean what's kind of the memorable thing each year that 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 always is stuck in your mind?
1: Really, man, just all the good people uh, our vendors, you know, we got a great, great group of vendors. Uh, we uh, every year we have you know, we, we don't ever have any issues. We did have one issue last year with a guy, uh, but man, we, it's, it's always just really a great weekend. Uh, we got some great vendors, you know, KIK, Mad Gear, um, uh, Modified, they come out, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, just, just, just all kind of people, uh, you know, and of course, you know, Stuart with, uh, KIK, you know, he puts on a couple of shows himself. And, yep. and so he, uh, he, he comes out and sets up and, and sells his merch, and everything out there, and uh, it, it's just a great group of people that, uh, you know, not, not. this is probably going to sound bad, and I don't mean for it to, but, you know, I go to some shows, that some of the vendors, uh, and I'm not going to name names, or nothing like that, because I'm not down to nobody, but, you know, some of the vendors really isn't in the scene, or or whatnot, so they're just there to sell their stuff, and, uh, it, I mean, that's cool, and everything, but, you know, with, with, with us, uh, and a lot of the other shows that we attend also, but, uh you know everybody gets out there hangs out together we're all just Mm -hmm. a a big group of friends and family you know what i'm saying so it makes it really fun and uh just enjoy the weekend you know so that's 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 what i look back on is we have a great time and a great weekend you know i talked to some show promoters throughout the throughout the nation and they're like man i just can't wait till sunday's over you know i'm I'm so glad and to me man i'm you know i'm having a good time the whole weekend even though it's stressful and and you got a lot going on don't get me wrong um it's still a great time, so uh, I don't I don't look at it as a as a job per se, like some of them do. You know, it's it's more just out there having a good time and providing something for everybody to have a good time to do.
0: Oh yeah, Bayou Showdown presented by Amplified Designs and DS18 Harbor Center Boulevard, Slidell, Louisiana, and of course that's going to pull up on Google Maps. The nineteenth and twentieth. Um, if there's nothing else that we have to talk about Bayou you I'll give you an opportunity there to squeeze anything else in. I know Egg Roll Hut, that's what I wanted to say. I know he's always yes. out there. Tho- those Absolutely. Are, those egg, are fire. Egg
1: Rolls there every year. Yes, Egg Roll has has been with us uh of course he, he you know he started with Greg Miller. Uh him and Greg went to high school together and all that and uh he, Greg got him to start uh selling egg rolls and started out at scraping um, years ago and of course uh when we when Greg and I started uh Bayou uh, back in 2017, I think it was, or 18, uh, he, uh, he was one of the first vendors with us then, and he stuck with us the whole time, you know, so, uh, he, he'll be there, uh, CJ with, uh, uh 1776 Barbecue. he, he'll be there, he, he, he does really great barbecue. um, we got a taco guy that's going to be there. He he was there last year. Uh, we, we we got a we got a good a good group of uh, food vendors and and you know of course merch vendors and stuff like that as well. Uh, one one thing I will say, if you come on Saturday or or the weekend to register a vehicle, it is cash only at the show. Uh, now, you, of course, if you pre-register online. Uh, you can uh, use your card, whatever you want to do there, but it's cash only at the show. I just want to make sure that's clear because last year that's where an issue come at hand with a guy. And uh, of course, ninety every ninety nine percent of the shows I go to and have went to for the past twenty five thirty years, it's always cash yeah. at the show. But yeah. uh, this this one guy said that was wrong, and uh, uh-huh. he he didn't like it too much. But uh, anyways, that it is cash only at the show if you if you enter that uh, that weekend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Real clear there. So again, Bayou Showdown, you can check the hashtag Bayou Showdown. We'll be sharing photos as well. Uh, If you tap on that hashtag, it'll kind of curate all of those photos from this event or Bayou Showdown 2022 hashtag as well. Before we let you go, Sean, I know Vanilla Ice has been killing it. Um, Still, all these years later, I wore my shirt the other day, my hammered we can wear a shirt, but also buckwheat. So I wanted to get any kind of updates. I know life is, is busy, but um, you still kind of plugging away when you can, I'm sure, on, on your cool stuff.
1: Yeah, man, I haven't uh, I haven't worked on it in a little while. Uh, it's just sitting on the lift right now. But uh, I've definitely got to uh, – matter of fact, Robert Simmons is, is one of the other guys that's helping me build uh, buckwheat. So um, I, I've, I've got to get back on it. I, my goal is to um, – to at least have it at scraping it brought it won't be painted and all that but i'd like to have all the hydraulics on it and uh have the dancing bed done and uh have it set up at uh at scraping is uh is my goal if i can get out there and get on it man i just been real busy with work we've been uh we've been working they like the dark for the past six months so uh awesome. it's been uh yeah man it's been it's been wild so uh Soon as I can get some time, I'm definitely gonna get back on it because I want to get it done and and, and hit uh, some of these shows. I I know at SEMA they had uh new minis and and uh, all In them was is. out there yep. with their dancing beds, man, and envious and uh, so I, I, I uh yeah I want to I want to it put a it put a spark under me so I want to get out get mine done as well.
0: Yeah, I was gonna bring that up and how cool is it? You know, SEMA just like all of the shows, even by you Showdown, we all have to pivot and move as the industry evolves, right? And SEMA, you know, there were some big companies that kind of, I don't know if they just pulled out, maybe they didn't want to participate this year, but with SEMA, my understanding was that was a lifestyle, ironically enough, you know, we're on our lifestyle podcast, but that was like a lifestyle section. And it was the first time that they had anything like that. And I know Greg spearheaded a lot of things wanting to do similar stuff, and he did with Scrapin'. But it was cool mm-hmm. to see it on that stage, you know, and again, to your point, with Envious Minis and New Minis, those guys out there, it really brought a lot of limelight to mini trucking, and it's crazy, mm-hmm. Sean. I think you'll agree with this. You know, all these years later, we've been doing this a long time. You've been doing it even longer than I have. To see how strong the mini truck community is and to see them at SEMA, dancing beds and all that stuff, it's just mind-blowing to me.
1: It definitely is. It is to me too, you know, and what was what's really mind-blowing to me uh, is a lot of these trucks, um, that's coming back out, man. They, they've been put up for 20 years, you know, they've been put in yep, storage, yep. put up for 20 years, and, and you know, and life happens, you know what I'm saying? Everybody, you get married, you have kids, and I did the same thing, you know, you get married, you have kids, and and uh, you kind of not really get out of the scene, but you, 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 you know what I'm saying? Life happens, and you got to support a family and pay bills, oh, yeah. and uh, so man, a lot of these trucks that I see, uh, you know, some of theirs, for example, you know what I'm saying? Number, number, you know, 25 year old bills, 30 year old bills. And they, you know, of course they've been touched up and stuff, but, sure. uh, to see them still come out and, and uh, and be like that, man, it's, it's really cool. You know, mine, uh, mine's of course, it's a 96 model Nissan buckwheat is, but it is being built freshly. So it's not like it's been around that long as far as being a, you know, a custom mini. So, uh, I think it's really cool. I wish I'd have kept some of mine from back then too, but, uh. It's really cool to see that in the, in the mini trucking, you know, community is really getting stronger and stronger. Um, you know, literally by each year, it seems like more and more of them's coming out. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah, real deal. We're talking with Sean Randall. If you get a chance, again, Bayou Showdown presented by Amplified Designs DS18. Uh, hit up the Harbor Center uh, at the Harbor Center Boulevard, Slido, Louisiana. Basically, in a week, if you're listening to this, we get a lot of day one listeners uh, as Sean mentioned, you can register kind of through maybe a certain point of today if you're day one. If not, bring cash and go out there, support it. Even if you're a show goer, buy a show shirt. And, um, you know, Sean, we appreciate you taking the time and we wish you all the success with Bayou Showdown 2022.
1: Absolutely, man. We appreciate y'all. And uh, we, uh, we're, you know, of course, huge supporters of OLP, always have been and always will be. In fact, as you know, I, I've got uh, y'all's logo on my many and oh, and, yeah. uh, and of course we put it on all of our flyers and everything for y'all as well y'all, y'all we, we really appreciate y'all
0: yeah we appreciate you and everyone uh, go ahead and, and strap in we're going to roll into Brian Gendro's audio now Sean we appreciate you dog and uh, have a good safe weekend uh, there in Louisiana
1: yes sir brother you too
0: yo so as I said thanks again Sean Randall for coming on we're going to roll in now to Brian Gendro's audio first check this out this is a voicemail I meant to run this last week These are the kind of voicemails I've been getting from Mike. And I'm kind of going, you know, maybe next week I'll bring him back on just to try to get to the bottom of things with this guy. I mean, dude, he sounds like a straight lunatic. I'm getting these at 2, 3, 4 in the morning. Is he at the bottle club out of his freaking mind like a freaking insane maniac leaving me these voicemails? I don't know. But I swear he's blaming it on Hank. And that's the one thing. Mike is quick to blame other people. You know, we've seen this before, and it's like, dude, I I mean, I I just wonder if he's going to be the guy that snitches out, you know, if something goes down with OLP. I think he's going to point the finger. So check this voicemail out, and then we're going to roll in to the audio with Brian Gendro. We at you. Have a safe weekend. If you're in the eye of the storm at all, take heed, be safe, take care of your family. We at you. Peace.
2: ODB. Mickey Mike, the motherfucking mayor, Mr. Gallivantin' man himself. Bro, I've been trying to get a hold of you. I've been calling you for weeks. I've been back for weeks. Bro, you got to get me back on this podcast, man. This guy's killing me, this wannabe mayor, uh, f***ing Dizzy Duck, whatever the f*** his name is. I don't even know who that guy is. I don't know what he's done. Uh, he's a nobody. You can't have him. He can't replace me. Bro, you gotta get me back on, man. It wasn't my fault, bro. I was stuck with Hank. It's all Hank's fault, man. Hank had me in the f-ing car, got me all drugged up, and had f***ers and and some Camel Joe. Uh, bro, come on. You gotta get me back onto the podcast. Um, I'm not gonna beg for it, but bro, it's ODB and the mayor for crying out loud. Not some dizzy duck, uh, crazy duck, spark show. Tell him to go back to his other, uh, Wanna be podcast bro you can't have him on there he can't be called the mayor i'm the mayor dog come on answer my phone calls pick up the phone let me know what's up and let's get this thing back up let's let's put the band back together brother let's do this and like i said bro don't hold me accountable for hank's actions man it ain't my fault dog it ain't my fault
0: Well, I would like to welcome Brian Gendro to the podcast. Really needs no introduction. How you doing, man?
3: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Good. I appreciate you taking the time. I tell you what, in the seven years we've been doing this, there's not a name that's come up more where people said, yo, when are you getting Gendro on? And I said, we will get him on. And I guarantee it's going to be one of our biggest episodes ever.
3: Oh, I appreciate that. That's That's flattering. I appreciate it.
0: Hey, no problem. Do you mind just kind of sharing a little bit, many guys know you, but just a little bit of background about yourself, maybe where you grew up and everything? Yeah, so I grew up
3: and uh, started down in San Diego, National City area. That's where my family was from. And then when I was, uh, got to be a little bit older, when I was like 10, I moved to uh, Escondido and I pretty much lived there the rest of my life until I got married and had kids. And then I uh, ended up moving to Temecula, and then I was there ever since until last year, and then I moved to Arkansas. So that's pretty much where I uh, started off at, and uh, that's where my, my shop was, was down in uh, Escondido, and then obviously moved to Temecula when I moved to Temecula.
0: Yeah, I, I got to thank you, because I never knew what Escondido was until I started seeing that in the magazines, and I go, okay, Escondido, so down in Southern Cal- like the real Southern California. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like growing up in that era, you know, we've had Mrs. Hallowell on. We've had so many great people. I know you had a great relationship with Courtney, but in that era, were you into bikes and skateboarding? Because, I mean, that was all happening in those late 70s, early 80s. Yeah,
3: so whenever I was growing up, uh, I wasn't really into skateboarding too much. I was more into bikes when I was younger. And, um, you know, just until I got to be probably like around, you know, 13 or 14 or so then i was into more uh motorcycles and stuff and then literally i got my first car when i was 15 so i would just kind of dove right into cars you know i didn't really you know just had a bike like any other kid would but i yeah. dove into cars sure. pretty early on and that was pretty much i never looked back from there so
0: yeah, and that was going to be my next question, like, did, you know, from an automotive world pers- perspective, like, was your dad into it, or, like, how did, because, I mean, you seem to get thrust into it, like, big time, man, as far as in the in the automotive culture.
3: Yeah, so, um, you know, I didn't really realize it growing up, because uh, I lived with my mom uh, whenever I was, you know, got to be around, you know, 10, 11 years old when I moved to uh, Escondido, and uh, my dad, I, I kind of figured out a little later on, because, you know, obviously I was still pretty young, but um, he had... Um, He was into motorcycles. He had some pretty elaborate Harleys back in the day, like, I mean, like big-time show bikes. And um, he also had some pretty custom cars and trucks growing up. And even whenever I was young, we had a few custom trucks. Um, He had an old uh, 66 Riviera that was pretty done up and stuff. So, I mean, he, he definitely came from that whole era growing up in National City and Imperial Beach. He was around a lot of that whole, you know, scene like that back in the
0: day. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I I never realized that, but I think that that does have an influence on, I think, you know, as the kids growing up, especially, it blows my mind, the car culture that is out in California. Like you said, the Temecula rod run and all of that stuff is just, I mean, it's just such a big thing.
3: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It's huge.
0: Now, you mentioned, Brian, getting your first vehicle about 15. Dare I ask, was it a VW? Was it a mini truck?
3: No, so I started off with a little Toyota Corolla because that's all I I traded a moped for it because that's all I can afford. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, and um, I wasn't able to drive it yet because I was too young, so my mom wouldn't let me drive it. So I kind of just my brother was always tinkering with cars too, so and he had the exact same car, and um, so he knew about it. So I kind of you know got that, and then he kind of helped me. learn how to work on it as far as you know mechanical stuff or knowing what was what and kind of helped me with that and i kind of got it running and drove it around and then um when i got finally got my license when i turned 16 i was driving around and i crashed it like a month later so totaled it and uh it was so from there i went straight from that and then i got a dotson 510 and i was pretty heavily into dotson 510s back in the day that was my that was my favorite kind of car back then i had quite a few of those
0: yeah, very cool. Now, I know we're going to kind of jump ahead a little bit, but like around yep. what time or around what – like, Circo, when did you start the chop shop, which, by the way, is still an epic name for a shop?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's I, – I named it that because I like to do a lot of chop tops and things like that, so that was kind of what it was. You know, I did a lot of convertibles, target tops, chop tops, so that's kind of why I named it that. Um, but I started that off basically – in my garage in escondido i just started you know i was just doing a whole bunch of stuff and i kind of started that and that was probably like 1987 so 1980 right around 87 88 right around there so i started um yep so that's pretty much when i started doing that
0: and we've we've had some of the australian guys actually we had a guy on um recently you know the nc guys down there and what's it like knowing like you know this in australia the chop shop Um, you know that that name even carried down there with Laurie Starling rest in peace and things like that I mean that's I mean that's that's a to me that's a huge respect thing man
3: yeah I know I thought that was pretty awesome I remember he called me and asked me if you're gonna would you have a problem with this like is it an issue and I said no absolutely not like it's all good and um yeah no problem whatsoever, so I thought that was pretty cool of him to have the class to call and ask that and, and be respectful of that. because um, there were some people who bit off of it back in the day and people yeah. do that whenever they you know, they can't do something on their own. They always try to bite off of somebody who's doing something you know and see if they can get a little bit of something off of it and um, you know, so he, he was definitely classy about that.
0: Yeah, for sure, much respect there. Now I had posted one of our Instagrams is Minitruck and HQ, and I had posted one time and you had chimed in. One uh, one truck I've always been a fan of, which the was the Peach Toyota was on the cover of Mini Truck and Magazine. That was your truck, right? Yes. Yep. And that, you know, so for those scoring at home, that was the first NC truck on the on the on the cover. And, you know, with NC having twenty-five covers over the course of the two hundred and sixty-nine issues. That's got to be a pretty nice uh, nod. Now, was that you squatting down on the front with with the shirt to the back, you know, shirt to the photographer?
3: Yeah. So Brian McCormick and Courtney, um, they shot that out at um, Spring Splash. I had just literally finished painting it. Uh, well, me and Pete Finland, Hot Dog Designs, just yeah. finished painting it like literally a few days before that, you know, like probably like four or five days before that show. So I drove it straight there. Interior wasn't fully all the way done yet. Part of it was done, but it still needed a few other things. And um, so Brian McCormick saw saw me when I was at the car wash, and he's like, "Dude, we got to shoot this thing. That's crazy! Like bringing the old school mini trucks back, you know." And so um, so they just yeah said, "Let's do it right there," and, and they just grabbed some girl that was there, like from the bathing suit contest, I think, <laughs> and got yeah. her to pose on it. So that's pretty much. How, how that all went and I think that was uh, Courtney's first cover also that he shot uh, too
0: so yeah and to think you know we're in November now was November 93 it ran and it was ironic because I was looking yep. back at trucking old issues the other day and I was looking and I said you know what the grass almost looks like as it was in the show coverage for trucking and I was like I bet you it was shot there so November 93 yep. but uh, pretty cool history there Brian
3: yeah it was actually shot in um, September I believe is where we actually shot it and just by the time the magazine yep.
0: came out, yep. that's what it was. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's yep. pretty cool. Now, you're yep. great friends with uh, one of our recent guests not too long ago, Mike Collins, and we talked extensively about Skybody. How fun was yep. it working on that iconic truck, which, by the way, did end up landing on the cover of Mini Truck and Mag, and that was for the 10th anniversary issue, although, as you know, it was shot many years before?
3: Sure. Yeah, so Mike and you know, we, we kind of met at a car show. You know, back in the day in Escondido and uh, San Marcos, and we just kind of hit it off. And he had just gotten that truck lifted, and um, you know, we just started hanging out. And we were both into it big time, and you know, we were going to shows and stuff. And he, you know, was always wanting to do stuff like, "Hey, I want to do this to that," and I'm like, "Well, I can do that." Like, so we just kind of started just fiddling with that thing little by little, and it just kind of evolved. But that was like non-stop That truck, we would work on it, get something done, and then. That there'd be a show or something else coming up and then we would hop on it and like add to it oh let's do this this time and
0: yep. you know literally went from
3: smoothing the whole frame and the axle to painting the whole frame then it went to like you know let's put graphics on it and then hey let's make it a convertible <laughs> you know let's you know all this stuff and we did all those things literally like in a matter of from one week to the next of a show a lot of it so that that was pretty crazy like I did I'm did a full metal convertible painted everything in my garage we had to take all wow. the wheels off of that thing put stock wheels on it let the air out get it in my garage because it wouldn't fit still <laughs> and um, like i cut the roof off did a full metal convertible painted it all back together between one week of rg canning and the next dude. so yeah it was crazy
0: yeah epic times dude salute to mike collins now the yellow mazda that was on the cover with chris andrews's sister uh, this is another yep. one that's etched in many of our minds and, and so many of the mini-truckers out there. Uh, you were involved in that build, if I remember correctly, and dude, what an awesome truck that was.
3: Yeah, that was kind of in the beginning of um, really getting heavy into the mini-truck stuff. I bought that truck brand new, suicide the doors, um, ground effects was was the big deal, Walked through, and uh, Pete Finland at Hot Dogs did all the graphics on it. And, you know, shaved it all up, did all that stuff. And that was when I had met Mike, that thing was bone stock with like fat, you know, eight inch wide wheels on it. You know, that was the thing back then. So like that whole time we were doing his truck and mine at the same time. And that's kind of when all that went down. We did all that truck at the same time. And uh, that's when it got um, Alan Paradise shot that for uh, for uh, many trucking. And then um, also um, then whenever I repainted it all yellow also and with graphics.
0: Oh, yeah, killer. And Pete Finland, Hot Dog Designs on Instagram, you know, he's out doing his wiener Wednesday. You know, he's at SEMA. Yeah. And, um, dude, i have well-respected. You know, we had Total Chaos. As I know you worked on that as well. We've had that on some of our artwork. And it's really cool yep. to get the nod from guys that have worked on this stuff to go, man, it looks killer. So, you know, tip of the cap to Pete. Yeah, uh,
3: he's, he's does some crazy good stuff,
0: so. Many of us are a big fan of Sal Marchese's. I can never say his name for years. Sal Marchese's is a uh, full, uh, full-size Chevy. Um, we we put it on a shirt, as I mentioned. Uh, your involvement yeah. in that truck, though, I mean, you probably have fond memories of that.
3: Yeah, so Sal Marchese's, I uh, oh, say Marchese. name, Marchese. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I've been friends with Sal since before, you know, ever since in high school. So Sal's been my longest friend of doing this. Me and Sal were you know, best friends, our whole lives, pretty much growing up doing all this stuff. And that truck came about by, um, it had been being built by another guy. Sean Mahaney had, um, had it at his shop and John, um, I don't know if you guys, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you probably probably know John from stage one. He yeah. actually did the, Yep. Yeah. Him and, um, Sean had done most of that suspension work on that truck with the hydraulics originally. And, um, it pretty much just went to die, and this guy, is, you know, just it never got finished. Uh, nothing was done, the, the bed was destroyed. It was just kind of a beater sitting there, truck, but had a ton of potential. And, um, and we found out about it There might be for sale, so Sal went and bought it. And, um, so basically, that's what happened is he bought it. I, Fixed some of the stuff, got it all, you know, roadworthy, rag top, shaved it all, and then Pete painted it all, and um, got it all ready to go, full interior, and did all that stuff in a short amount of time also. You know, we got that ready for, like, spring splash also, and, um, yeah, that truck was pretty, that was a badass truck. That was probably the first extra cab long bed that, you know, had laid out like that at the time. Actually, it was the second one. I had just finished doing one airbag one, a brand-new black one, and that's kind of what got Sal all hyped on that thing wow. So, um, and when he found it. So it was kind of cool that um, he was able to get it. Yeah, That actually was the first ever full-size extra cab body drop Chevy truck ever, too, by the way.
0: Yeah, I always wondered that, and what was etched in my mind is I had the Colorado Custom uh, Catalog when I was growing up, and I got another one from my friend Tim Davis. And, of course, when Courtney did that indoor shoot – we launched our shirt about twenty five years to the to the month that it was on the cover of Truckin', but then Courtney right. was also able to share some of those photos and it was also in the, that catalog and I think it was like the Rhino Liner ads too. So yeah. I mean, oh, it, yeah. it had yeah. a lot of exposure.
3: Yeah, it, that truck was that truck was way kind of ahead of its time yes. for what it was because there was like a full size truck that was like body dropped right around the same time, but it was it was not like it was not like that. It was. And that truck was actually done. I did the uh, the other one at the same time. Sal's was done first, but the motor, we had pulled the motor out to get the motor all done. And in the meantime, while it was all sitting there with getting the motor all painted and the motor department all done, I did the other one, which was the black one that ended up being the orange truck that Cal Concepts painted that was on oh. the cover of Trucking.
0: Yeah, Mike Kaufman. So. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. yeah you're. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I- that I'm truck mixed was owned up. by
3: somebody else and then sold, but that was. And then we took that to Cal Jam, and that was the first like fully done, painted one that anybody ever saw fully body dropped.
0: Dude, so, sick. Yeah. Dude, I appreciate this history, dude. It's I'm telling you, yep. our listeners soaking it up. Now, switching uh, gears, I always remember Robbie Kay's 94 Mitchu. Rest in peace, Ernie Macias. Yep. You know he loved his Mitchus. That was another yep. sick truck. Can you kind of talk to us a little bit about that one?
3: Yeah, so that I had my um, shop was in San Marcos, Chop Shop in San Marcos, and this was all this There was a lot of trucks, and I did a a crap load of trucks in a short amount of time, actually, in that shop. And that was getting done at the same time Sal's truck got done, that black truck. I mean, you know, K-Daddy's little Nissan, all these were getting done at the exact same time. uh, Tom McMurdo's Mazda, all these happened at the same time. Mm -hmm. And um, that truck came from, uh, you know, he he called us up, and he was from North Carolina and just said, hey, I want to do all this stuff on this truck. Him and his girlfriend drove, oh, yeah, and just drove it all the way from North Carolina. It was a brand-new truck. And they dropped it off. And uh, we gave him a ride back to the airport. And then, you know, he didn't see that truck again for like two and a half years. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it, was a, it just culminated. It was first I just want to airbag it and shave it, you know. And then it turned into, oh, I want to body drop it. Oh, I want to paint it. I want interior. I want, you know, it just turned into a, a, a you know, a, a crazy amount of stuff getting done to that truck over time. You know what I mean? So, um, and we did some pretty cool stuff to that that was the first Mitsubishi that was ever body dropped it had 19 inch wheels on it nobody had those at the time um, it, it was it was pretty we did some pretty crazy stuff to that it, it had a lot of really cool subtle body mods mm-hmm. um, you know uh, Nathan Hall who which was also big time into it back with us in the day he did all the interior and all the uh, stereo and all that in it and Pete painted that truck also but um that truck was a badass truck that was a badass truck for sure
0: yeah, West shot it, November 01 issue, issue 119. And what was yep. crazy about that is I vaguely remember now maybe reading in the feature where they talked about he was on the East Coast, but that's a memory yeah. long gone. So so good good tie in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really an epic one. Now, speaking of epic trucks, Tuck Lugs was another epic truck. also graced two covers, technically mini truck and an auto sound and security. From the yep. dash to the Lexian rear cover, I you know, I have some video of it from Steve Nielsen. That truck was mind-blowing, too, because it had just different stuff to it. Like, the, you know, like I said, the, the Lexian or whatnot over the rear end, that was sick, dude. So the dash on that truck, funny story, that dash was Sal Marchese's dash. from He had a little Toyota back in
3: 1989, 90 that we had all roadstered out, chopped, you know, shaved, and I built the dash for that truck. And ah. then he ended up getting rid of that truck, and we took the dash out of it and um, kept it and it's kind of funny because that tuck and lug truck was actually sal's cousin's truck just a beater little toyota driving around and then i got it from him air shocked it and just drove it and then tom juan which is another guy in our club that's been around forever with us he bought it and we started kind of fixing it up and then he got tired of it and sold it to nathan and then nathan hall just basically he was like you know let's just finish it so i just finished everything on it and then uh boomer glasser ended up painting it all doing all the paint work and stuff on it and finishing it all off
0: it's got to be a good feeling the legacy of that truck you know our friend randy a good friend of ours nc florida he had it for a while now chris schmidt as you know has it but i mean that truck has had many lives if you will in terms of the longevity
3: oh it's so funny that truck (laughs) i mean it just (laughs) was a little beater toyota and then it turned into you know pretty cool truck obviously you know so it's it's a pretty badass truck and um you know nathan and boomer when they you know finished off the paint and all the interior the way you know all that stuff it was pretty neat truck you know for sure
0: yeah it reminds us of dion telling a story on how he got the truck that became last look and it was from a tweaker and you know that craziness and the epicness there but talking about another epic truck your isuzu ombre one of the dopest covers in my opinion ever on truck in february 97 uh, talk to us how that came about. I mean, what was the motivation to go get one of those uh, ombres at the time?
3: So, at the time, you know, S10s were popular. I didn't, I don't like things that everybody else has. I like different things. So, if you notice, all my trucks are all different, you know, and they're, they're you know, weird things like a Hilux and all that. You know, just I like different things. And um, I saw, you know, a commercial or whatever for that. I like the front end, I like how the bedsides were flared and different. I just yep. thought it looked really cool. But I also like the availability for parts for it because it was an S. It's just an S10 with different sheet metal on it. That's it. And um, so I just, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm in love with that. Well, you couldn't buy them anywhere. So they weren't out yet. So I went to the credit union where my wife had through her work. And they had a service back then that you just go on and tell them what you want. They search the United States and they find them and then they bring it to you. So that's what ended up happening Aww. is they found them back east somewhere and got it. I ended up getting the first one in California. And um, so basically, I remember exactly. I paid ten thousand four hundred dollars for that truck, brand new, no air conditioning, no, you know, none of that stuff, yeah. and just yeah. I bought it, literally picked it up, drove it to the shop. Airbag the front suspension, and the next day, me and uh, <laughs> me and Courtney went to uh, we went up to um, to do a um, up to Boyd Coddington's and did a uh, show. Uh, like it was a <laughs> class that they were running up there. They had a class that um, Ron Koval was running, and we went to the class, and it was at Boyd Coddington's shop. And we like drove that thing up there, and the front was airbagged, and the back was just lowered. And that was like one night, Dude. and it was kind of funny. And then we came back the next day, and I four linked it that couple days. And, um, just kind of basically just did everything. I drove it for like one week with it four linked and lowered. And then the next week we body dropped it and did all that stuff. And I literally drove that truck to spring splash and it, it literally rolled like 2000 miles as I drove it through the gate. So Dude, that's sick.
0: Yeah. Well, people are still yeah. sending us photos and I got to still post some when it was white paper tag, as you know, yeah. I mean, it was, it yeah. was one of those first, maybe not the first truck, but it was one of those at the infancy of people like yourself with the know-how to buy a new truck and then boom, lay that mother effer out.
3: Yeah, it was it was a uh, it was fun to do, and you know it was a it went through some transformations. You know those wheels that I had on it were off of Courtney's S10, and I got those from him. He got in different wheels, and yeah, so it went through transformation. But when I drove it there, it was just basically body drop. The interior was done, it had a rag top, and uh, Trent's had cut made me a grill for it, and it had the that was the one that they used. They used my truck to make the grill for all wow, of those trucks.
0: The birdie and those guys, yeah.
3: Yeah, so I had to send that grill up to them. They made it. So it was kind of cool. And then basically the bed was, you know, body dropped and, you know, vinyl lined, and it just looked like a brand – I mean, it was a brand-new truck. It still had paper plates on it. I didn't have real plates yet for it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it was pretty crazy that you know, do all that so fast, you know, on a brand-new truck, so.
0: Yeah, and I would always – I kind of – I'm always a, a stickler for details. I would, I would credit Courtney with the shoot, but when I re-looked back at my trucking issue recently, it was, like, a guy named Les uh, Bydrawn or something like that. I don't know if yeah. you remember, but the, the I loved how the – can not the canyons, but the mountains and stuff in the background, like it just blended with that truck, man.
3: So that's driving down the uh, 71 highway there in Chino right there. That's where that's at. And that was uh, – the road – the freeway was brand new. Like it opened like a ah, week before. That's sick, and, yeah, uh, because
0: you can barely see the, the, the right down the middle or the, the two lines, yep. the yellow lines.
3: Yeah, yep, and that was Tom Horn driving, and I couldn't even go. I was trying to get a truck ready oh, for a wow. show or something. I didn't even get a go, so Courtney and them went up there and shot it, and so basically, um, Courtney would, was hang, like sitting in the back of his truck while the other guy drove it, Les, I believe, <laughs> and they drove the truck and then shot those pictures while they were driving like that, so he yeah. did the exact same, Rob Rodell's amigo was shot on the exact same road doing the exact Uh-oh. same way.
0: Interesting. Yep. Love the facts, man. That's great. And then again, the the L word longevity. You know, it was at Battle on Bama. Yep. We've seen it on shirts. You know, it's yep. just it it, it kind of has a mind of its um, a life of its own, so to speak. Yep. Now we're big fans of uh, Big Mike Chevy, uh, Mike Kaufman, the first cover on Street Trucks. You had chimed in on a post as well in the past, man. How, so many epic guys from Cal Concepts. I know our customs, and and even you yep. played a little bit of part, and that truck. Although it looks totally different, I mean, many of us regard that as one of our favorite 1500s ever, you know, especially the short yeah, beds.
3: Yeah, that was the black one I was telling you about. They got body dropped okay, early on.
0: that's what I was wondering. So, okay, that makes sense. But it was
3: not his truck at the time. It was another guy's truck. I can't remember his name. Our Customs had done some suspension work on that truck at the time. Um, it had, like, um, airbags and stuff on it. And uh, anyway, so when it came, um, I had to uh, – we redid, like – we just since it was body dropped, it wasn't gonna lift high enough, so we sure. redid uh, the suspension and body dropped that whole truck. Um, literally, we did that whole truck in two weeks. Body dropped, redid some of the suspension and everything. All done. Back to him driving at, at truck jam.
0: Yeah, and I tell you, uh, Brian McCormick, we've had him on that epic first shoot. Yep. You know, showing the chassis and they're all painted. Yeah, uh, really, yep. just just really set the tone.
3: Yeah, they, they did an amazing job with that truck later on, obviously, but um, yeah. yeah, it was just a very, there's pictures of it in the trucking magazine when it was all black at Truck Jam back in the day there, too, so.
0: Yeah, and I remember seeing um, in coverage, our friend Dooley Greg has shared the black, I think it was a black Dooley, and I, I want to say you did that one, too, but it was back when 16s were a big thing. I mean, you worked on so many, yep. but it's funny yep. how when I post some of those trucks, I mean, dude, they're all etched in our minds, man. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy.
3: Yep, wheels. The wheels changed quite a bit in a short amount of time. That's for
0: sure. <laughs> now speaking of trucks, I know I'm kind of rattling them off, though. But Tulo Taco, yep. brand new, and really, I yep. just did the flip through for our YouTube channel on that issue. And the ironic thing is, if it wasn't the 10th anniversary issue, which by the way was cool, don't get me wrong, but really that photo shoot to me, I mean, they were basically. That, I mean, that was basically a cover truck in my opinion. I mean, that should
3: have been a cover truck. It was actually. A- it was kind of crappy that it didn't get on the cover, and the excuse was that it was black, which I thought was bullshit, to yeah, be honest with it, you. It was. That seemed plenty of black. If you know how to shoot it and shoot it right, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can do it right. That truck was a cover truck. That was, at the point, at that time, was by far the baddest Tacoma around. Yep. Joey uh, Tractor, um, he had the green one that we had done right before that. Which that truck was badass, and they shot that truck in a hurry, which was unfortunate because that was a cover truck too. Both those trucks were cover trucks. Mm-hmm. They were the only two Tacomas that were fully that were body drop. Period, and both of them were fully done, paint, interior, shaved, the whole deal. There, no
0: lining, everything.
3: Oh, yeah. just they were done. They were a hundred percent done. And back then, there was barely any trucks that were body drop that were done. Usually, primer yeah. or just beat up. You know, yeah. So, but those trucks were both done, done. And um, but Dan's truck, the black one, obviously. Uh, me and Dan had been friends since I was in high school. He had cool custom trucks. I mean, before I had custom trucks, I tried to buy his custom little Toyota truck he had, and then he crashed it. But, <laughs> I mean, he, he always had super neat trucks. I mean, Dan always has super clean stuff. He worked at Toyota. He's still there. He's worked there since, he's worked there like 35 years. He worked there right out of high school, wow. and he still works there. But he bought that truck brand new, specific, ordered it a you know, certain way to get all that stuff on it. And, um, so he just literally, they delivered it to his shop, you know, to his dealership and then we just drove it to my shop. It had like 15 miles on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, we body dropped that and that truck had, so, a lot of people just don't know because they didn't really get to see underneath it, but that truck had like, instead of little airbags in the front, it had big airbags in the front where we spent a, did a ton of work to make big airbags in the front you could drive it down the road at 30 pounds and it just rode like a cadillac that was the best riding mini truck i ever drove in my life yeah and um it had just a lot of really cool stuff done to that truck that was really really cool
0: and i have to always remind myself that dan was the owner because when we posted everyone's like oh i love jendro's truck it it kind of was synonymous with your name and i think a lot of people if you asked them if there was like a family feud game for mini trucking they'd be like oh that was jendro's truck but it was dan's technically
3: yeah yeah it was dan's truck and you know we just that was another one we did like we did we built that whole truck start to finish painted everything and like literally it was like two months everything done so which is a ton of work to do interior like you know paint like you know it was it was a lot and the the what i like the most on it is um is um ghetto ryan he, he did all the uh he did all the uh, graphics on that truck, and they were mm-hmm. subtle but clean and just perfect. I mean, yep. he did an amazing job on those. The design—it was just right. It wasn't overdone because that truck was more to be more like a classy truck, not all like you know crazy graphics everywhere and all that. So it was kind of the black to show off the bodywork being really good and the you know all that, and just very subtle. And he did a great job with that.
0: And that was Ryan that's at Count Customs now, right? Ryan that's up. Yeah,
3: at uh, Calp's Customs. Yep. Yeah, yep. it was
0: funny cuz he inducted K Daddy just this week into the Mini Truck Hall of Fame, so he yep. said a lot of great yep. things about him, so it's awesome.
3: Yeah, Ryan Ryan's a great he's 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 another great artist.
0: Oh yeah. Now speaking of body mods, arguably airbagging a truck is the most important mod, so to speak in our scene. We've heard bits and pieces, we saw some on the Mini Truck um the West Coast influence about the story regarding the airbag story if you will and the rep you know the they're being a representative there can you tell us a little bit about how this like took place you don't maybe have to go into all the details but i know it's a story that you probably told you know many times
3: yeah so kind of the way it happened is that we were doing air shocks back in the day and air shocks sucked for getting a good lift out of a truck you know you can only lift so much and you know just it just wasn't that great and uh i just happened to go to i was getting the leaf springs made so i was down at enc spring in escondido and um just down there getting leaf strings made and they were have they had a motor home apart and they were it's just just an airbag was laying on the ground that had been gotten you know messed up or something they were changing it out and i was like you know the first time i had seen one i'm like what is that and he's like oh they're just airbags you know i'm like, oh, like the helpers but you know but an actual bellows And he's like yeah same thing and um i'm like how much weight do those things lift and he goes oh each bag lifts like 2500 pounds i'm like seriously he's like yeah <laughs> I'm like, no way, and he's. I'm like, well, is that the only size they come in, and he's like, well, you know, you. They they do make some different ones. So anyway, um, I asked him if I could have it, buy it. Or what I don't even remember how it happened, but he gave it to me, and I just I literally took it home, made a little contraption, sat it underneath the center of my, um, of my uh, Toyota Hilux that I had. You know, the obviously the one that was on the cover because yep. it wasn't airbag. And stuck it under the middle of it and lift the whole truck off the ground. And I was like, oh my God, this is the way to go. Game so, game changer, but it was too big. It wouldn't fit in that truck. And so I got a hold of uh, the Max Spring up in uh, San Bernardino, and um, they came down and um, brought me some multiple different sizes of bags. And uh, because they were the biggest Firestone distributor around. So they just brought me some bags and said, here, try these ones. And I ended up with a real small one first. And Jason Pang had a little Toyota pickup truck, uh, you know, extra cab, like a 92 extra cab. And so basically I just said, hey, let's do this to your truck. Take those air shocks off and let's do this. And he said, "Okay." And so um, so I put those in it. And that was the first truck to ever have airbags. Went to Rezo in like 1991 or two, 92, maybe 92 with that airbagged in the front, and uh, that's kind of how it all started, right there. It's just, you know, and then I kind of, you know, fiddled with different ones, and then, like, literally two weeks later, I did a full size Chevy, and then Courtney and them shot a tech article on doing that. We did a full size Chevy truck with full airbags, four link, and everything like that on it, and that's kind of when it took off, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and doing the research, it goes back to Greyhound buses, and even before that, and it's crazy if you look at Seaman now, how the mini truckers help push, in my opinion, the bigger wheels these hot rods yeah. laid out and not saying that it would have never gotten to that point or that, you know, that it yeah. just wouldn't have. I, I truly think, I mean, and I know you agree on this more than likely is that many truckers really did play a huge role in pushing forward the whole automotive scene, you know?
3: Oh, there's no doubt. And what's funny is, um, you know, I've airbagged, you know, I work on a lot of old cars too. And I've, I've, um, airbagged seven Cadillac broams, 57s. Well, they only made, or 1,200 of those cars or whatever, and I've airbagged, like, seven of them. Wow. Which is yes. very weird because people haven't even barely ever seen seven ever. Right, right, like they're a the and stuff, seven... would
0: think it was crazy.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, but out of the seven I've airbagged, four of them had factory airbags in them
0: back. Uh, right. fact-
3: we- some of them came with factory airbags. It was a big round pod that bolted in and it actually had a bellow in there and it had, you know, all hardwired in a little compressor and the whole deal. They actually had factory airbags on
0: some of those cars. Yeah, I've heard some of yep. that. Now, yep. when, when you think back to like, you know, about 30 years ago, body drops, you know, start, really started and channeling if you will, start popping off. Do you remember the kind of feeling and some of the buzz that shows of people going, "Oh man, so and so is doing this." I know you were at the infancy of that, but it, it seems like it yep. was just yesterday, man. Well, I'll be honest with
3: you. We were doing Sal's little Toyota truck, and it was like right after like '93 uh, Rezo, I think it was. Sean Carlson had a, you know, you know, he's passed away now, but he actually had a Toyota that was chopped, pro streeted, and all this crazy stuff. And um, so he was doing doing some of that body drop stuff back then. And but the ones that the only the only one that was done was like literally was like sheet metal screwed to the floor back in it on wood blocks and shit. And I was like, no way that's. So it had like kind of a bad name. Cause there was like one or two trucks running around with it. And it was a bad name. Cause nobody did it right. You know what I mean? Like they just half-assed it. So, um, I was like a little sketched out on doing that, but he came down to my house and they were like, yeah, we could do this to his truck. And he kind of just said, this is what you would have to do to do it. Cause I'd never done it before. So I always ask questions to people that have done it, you know? And yeah. he, so he was telling me like kind of how to do it, you know? And so it was kind of, I'm like, all right. And then, so I kind of had an idea and then literally Courtney was like, Hey, let's let's do a tech article on it. And I just kind of came up with a, this guy, uh, you know, Charles Wickham. You know, he was out from, you know, he was from Texas, but he was out, out in California in the Navy and he had a brand new Toyota truck and we did a body drop in that one. And that was, besides ballistic, that was the first one that was ever, probably the second one that was ever fully done and painted with interior and done body dropped with airbags and everything on it, you know, compared to ballistic. That one was the first one that was fully done.
0: Yeah. in January 93. So just in a couple months, two months, we're going to hit the 30th yep. anniversary of it on the cover. It's just insane. But... Yep. Yep. Now, we yep. we had Copon, and we spoke about the van trades and all of that craziness back in the day. Yep. Um, I believe it was between you and Bill and Extensive, and those were, in my opinion, yep. pretty epic times, but you were kind of involved in some of that craziness.
3: Yeah, Bill's van, that orange van, was actually my van.
0: That's what I remember hearing.
3: Well, that van actually came first. I bought it from Pat Nichols. Ah, that okay, that's it.
0: what it was. Pat maybe mentioned that.
3: Yeah, so Pat actually had that. It was just like an air conditioned van, like an old beat up van, you know what I mean? But it was I it just was super cool the way those astros looked. It was lowered, it had a set of budnicks on it, and that was it. And I bought it from him and it was already like shaved, you know, they had already shaved it, you know, just like roughly, you know, they I'm sure they weren't like it was it was pretty rough to be honest. I mean it was pretty rough and I got it, and I just, you know, we ended up airbagging it. I put a giant rag top in it. We did a tech article on that in the magazine. Courtney did. I did a grill, you know, Chevy bumper and all this stuff on it, and then I sold it to Coke Kessler.
0: Yeah,
3: um, okay. that was, you know, And then he sold it to Bill, and then Bill ended up redoing the whole van, putting a V8 in it, you know, doing all the body work right, painting it orange, all the, you know, so he ended up body dropping it and doing all that stuff to it and made it really what it was. When I had it, it was just very, very rough. You know what I mean? At the time I just had a, it was just a, it was just starting to get done. You know what I mean? So yeah.
0: Yeah. I wanted people to kind of hear that history. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, We're talking with Brian Gendro. We've got a few more questions. Sure. For some reason, I think I was doing some research recently and I wanted to ask you this, the look that kills, was it, did you do the chop top on that? I'm trying to remember if you worked on that truck. I, for some reason I thought you did. Uh, what truck was that the, one? The, the Look That Kills. The the one that was the orange one that Cal Concepts painted that didn't have the roof on it.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I chopped that. Yeah, I did that. Um, I, I, That's I, what I thought. I cut the windshield down. I, I made it a Roadster and you know shaved it all, shaved the back of the cab and all that. That was like a trade job that we did with Kyle to, um, to get um, Tom McMurdo's van painted, that ah, green van yes. that turned out. So that was, um, so basically, we did that little 720 for him and then he and trade for doing paint work on that uh, van for him. That was kind of what happened with that. Yep.
0: Yeah. When my friend Josh Ellis got it, he put a lot of money into the interior and just kind of yeah. doing all these little things. We got it featured in the Japan mag, custom trucks mag. And then now our friend Jeff Godette has it. It's up in Massachusetts area and it just hit a cover of a magazine in our scene, dude. So again, another truck that's, oh, that's just cool. legacy, you know? Yeah. Um, and then McMurdo's van, real quick. I always, I always thought that it was his. That was the yellow to green to orange that Craig Elder ended up with.
3: Yeah. So it started off green, and then went to right. once okay. it was green, and then from there Craig got it, and then went. Craig painted it yellow, and then it went to orange after that. Pete, I think, changed the colors on it or something. So, yeah crazy. So that's kind of how that whole van, that was like its whole thing. It started off, you know, went green, then yellow, then orange.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, Randy Frederick from Florida wanted me to ask. You mentioned Pang earlier. Is there a Pang story or one that might come up more than others? He said you got to ask Gendro about the Pang story.
3: Oh well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So the well with Pang, Pang. I don't know. The, the, the only really good story it doesn't really have a whole lot to do with trucks. We went to Texas heat wave, and uh, we were just, you know, we're we're in Austin, Texas, and we were basically just. You know, with Courtney and everybody, we, first time we'd ever been there, we were just bar hopping and at the bars, and Pang was super wasted and just uh, <laughs> he was hanging over a balcony and happened to throw up all over some people in the dance <laughs> down below us, uh, and uh, we almost got killed and uh, thrown out of the bar, and it was pretty, uh, yeah. Let's just crazy. say it was uh, it was a little crazy to be honest with you. So um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's a good Pang story. Yep. <laughs>
0: Uh, we just have a couple more questions. Not We don't want to keep sure. you much longer because I know you're busy. Yeah, but no when you think about all the shows over the years? You know, Jet Jam, Easter Spring Splash, Cow Truck Jam, West Coast Nats. You know, you name it. All these different tro- shows. Was there maybe one that stood out in your mind that you always got amped up to go to, you know, leaving for the weekend, uh, leaving the shop?
3: For sure. Spring Splash was the best show yep. by far. Hands down.
0: Yeah, and so, I think that was I – mean, I always get it confused if it was Spectrum Minis on that one.
3: Now that, Bob Hayes did that. He did it? Um, so he, he did uh, Spring Splash and those back in the day, and you know then they did Endless Summer, and both of those yes. were they were the best two shows, to be honest with you. And the river, it just was. It was a great vibe. It was just awesome cars, a great place to have it. Yeah, I know everybody says Rezo and Bob would tell you. I mean, they was Rezo was the in the beginning. It was that. You know, I, I went there in my Datsun five ten in nineteen eighty five. So I mean, it was wow. a huge deal. Wow back in the day but you know it just it always rained it was cold it just you know it was cool but it was not i don't know i just i liked the summer ones where it was good weather and here at the river and just you know it was just it was great you know those those were the best shows for me by far
0: oh yeah now when you think back to all the iconic trucks that you maybe had your hands on does one come to mind maybe that was like one of your favorite trucks of all time or maybe even one you owned
3: uh i'll be honest with you I've, I've built a lot of stuff over the years the only thing that i mean I, yeah a lot of those sal's truck was that truck was awesome it was fun to do it was awesome um I, I, my my little hilux was fun i have it so many body mods from old school to new school that it was just totally different that truck was very fun i loved driving that truck that truck was a blast i mean it was on the that was that cover that was on auto sound security uh make nice. around Mini truck in, and also it was in, on the cover of a German magazine. They came out and shot that truck, too. Really? So um, that truck was, yeah, it got some, it was pretty cool. And uh, Rob McPherson shot that for
0: Sound Security. And um, I did see that issue recently, and I should have got yeah. it. It was a little, those are getting kind of pricey, but I, I did yeah, want to snag that to, one.
3: I have all those still, which is, I mean, it, that was a great shot uh, of that truck on the cover. That was amazing. And um, anyway, that those were good, but. I mean, I built so many trucks over the years. Like, <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, Dan's truck was fun just because it was it was very high end for the time. You know, like just cool stuff. But I don't know. We did so many trucks and so many things. But yeah, I'll tell you a- the one thing that I built that was the funnest was that I had a '65 Chevy van that never got finished, and that was probably the funnest thing I've ever built. Yeah. So
0: yeah, and yeah. I may have got Dan and Sal mixed up because the one guy had the Nissan. And I get them mixed up sometimes, but Sal had the full size, right, that we were talking about. Yeah,
2: and and
3: uh, yeah, yeah. Dan had a, a red hard body. Yeah, yep. so I
0: wanted to make sure I got it right. Um, yep. Getting down to the end here, but when you think of all the yep. famous shops, fabricators that have come and gone, you know, you think MIC, Trendsetter, Sean Mahaney, Alter Images, Jody Hall, IF Customs. Yep. Are you ever amazed at your influence? And I know you don't want the credit, but your influence and how much you're still influencing people today, Brian.
3: Yeah, I never think about it that way. I always think of looking at what people do and try to, you know, I I take ideas from other people and I think people take ideas, things that we've done and you always try to be innovative. And so I never looked at it that way. I always just look at it as, and that's what, that's how it evolves into what it is today is by me seeing things that people do. Like Bob Grant always has me in amazement, you know, of the things he does. And I do, you know, a lot of things like that, but I see things he does. I'm just like, so it, it drives me to do things better. And I think that that's all this is, is that maybe, you know, I was lucky enough to have customers bring me stuff to let me kind of do things that I wanted to do Yep, yep. and, um, and and kind of get it to the point of where that was. And I had a lot of good friends like Mike Collins or whatever. I'd say, Hey, let's cut the roof off your truck this week and make a convertible before we go to the show <laughs> next week. You know? And oh, okay. Sure. You know, or, or, you know, or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, um, a lot of it is that, you know, you have to have the right people to let you do those things. So, I mean, I'm just, uh, you know, I guess, you know, very humbled by, you know, people thinking that, you know, I've, I've impacted the scene in a, in a good way, you know, to me, that's, that's very important.
0: Yeah. And we wanted to have you on just to kind of show respect. Cause like I said, dude, like you, you were an innovator in a lot of ways. And I know, like you said, you don't take credit for everything, but y- you've had your hands. And when I post stuff and you'll chime in here and there and go, yeah, you know, we worked on that It like. I'm just like, damn, I didn't even think of that. But the last question I have is, I know you're busy these days. We can tell you're busy now. Um, do you, All good. you... You mostly are focused on family stuff and softball is our understanding, but you don't dabble too much in custom stuff these days, right? Yeah, to be honest
3: with you, I do softball um, 90% of my life right now. And I've had a lot of bad taste in my mouth by a lot of early like poopy customers, unfortunately. So I just kind of shied away from doing stuff. My problem is I'm too nice and I don't, I always say yes. And then, you know, I don't say no, you need to pay me, come get your shit, you know? And then fortunately I end up storing people's cars. and <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of got a bad taste in my mouth by people taking advantage of you. You know, you go above and beyond to do something for people and then they take advantage of you because you're nice. And then, you know, I just, I never yeah. had that knack to just tell people to screw off. You know what I mean? So I probably should have, but I just kind of got burned out on doing that to be honest with you for people. And, you know, I just figured, you know what, at this point, you know, people, you know, I have people that hire me to go to their shop to work on stuff for them and I'll do that kind of stuff. And then maybe stuff for myself, but, or my friends, like I go to Mike Collins house in Temecula, I go there every two weeks and I work on his cars. He has a old caddy and old Buick that I work on and stuff. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of what I do.
0: Yeah, very cool. And maybe not the same story, but very similar to I of Customs. You know, Carrie just kind of said, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to do something different and and whatnot. But you can follow Brian on Instagram. He doesn't post a lot, but Gendros underscore customs or Brian Gendro. Dude, listen, man, tip of the cap to you, bro. Much respect. And I know you just had your born day the other day. So happy born day.
3: Uh, Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yep. Getting Um, old now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's good times. A lot of epic times. Um, I just wanted to say thanks again. Um, anything else? Any other comments you have?
3: Uh, you know, I just uh, appreciate you having me on, and I just I'm glad to be part of this um, industry. I've made probably you know the best friends. I met my wife through all this stuff and yeah. friends. I've you know I just it's always been a um, it's been a mainstay you know in yeah, my life know. forever. Um, you know, but you know you evolve on and do different things. You know, now I coach travel softball and get girls to college all the time. And that's like my focus now. So it just kind of turns into different things, but it's funny. I come out here to Arkansas I'm softball, and coach the softball, end up with the guy that's in our club that lives in Arkansas. <laughs> kids out here playing on one of our teams, like wow. how small the world is that, you know? Wow. So, so, yeah. to me, it's all about making friends and relationships, to be honest.
0: Yeah, 100%. And salute to, you know, NC, that that, that small group of guys back in the day, you know, the four or five guys yep. that started it. And, you know, salute to you guys worldwide and stuff.
3: We're all still friends today, which is awesome, you know, except for, you know, it just, you know, unfortunately, you know, Courtney has passed away. But, and uh, you know, so, but, yep, we just did this just because it was a bunch of friends that wanted to just have fun building cool cars. That was it.
0: Oh, yeah. Rest in peace, Courtney, and, and salute to his mom. She's been on as well. She's a great woman. But yep, she's awesome. Yep. We can't thank you enough. We'd love to sit down when you have more time, but thank you so much for hitting us up earlier Absolutely. to get this in. Yep, anytime. It means a lot, and we'll, we wish you all the best. I appreciate it. Doing what you do, bro. All
3: right, I appreciate you very much. Appreciate you keeping this live. Yes, sir.